Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Podcast, where we look at the good movies, the bad movies, and your favorite movie, even if nobody else likes it. I'm talking to you, Charles. <laughs> You're talking to because me. You didn't, <laughs> yes, because you didn't like Dead Man on Campus, and I think it's a great movie. It's a terrible movie. It's like Saved by the Bell, the college years, if it were stupid. I don't know. It's really, really bad. <laughs> That should have been the tagline. Devin on campus. It's like Saved by the Mail the college years, but stupid. Okay, well, we're totally... We've derailed this one podcast right now. Go ahead, go ahead. We're We're actually recording. I don't know if you're aware of this. Go ahead and introduce the show. All right, so... What we're going to do today is uh, Kelly's pick uh, of her good, bad, and uh, her ugly. That's right. Okay, menfolk, today... We are taking a tour through the world of divas, diva movies, if you will, or female singers in lead acting roles. Um, mostly, go- mostly <laughs> non-singing, right? Uh, yeah, mostly non-singing, or or maybe to phrase it a little bit differently, singing is not the point. You know, They're I, not I musicals. said a little. Yeah, in in the, at the end of the last episode, I made the distinction that these are movies that I've chosen, non-musical movies. Um, so the these are just. Female singers, moonlighting as actresses, just tearing it up song style. Got it. Yes. Okay, so are you ready for my and picks? And your picks? Yeah, go. Okay, awesome. So my picks are the 19, or no, I'm sorry, not nine, uh, excuse me, uh, 2002 classic Crossroads, The Way We Were, 1973, and The Bodyguard. So what did you guys Which, think of these movies? Let me go ahead and what, say... What, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Micah. I just wanted to say, let me say, since you said The Bodyguard last, uh, thanks a lot. Now I cannot get Whitney Houston songs out of my head. <laughs> You're welcome. That is, that is a great soundtrack. That is like one of the best soundtracks ever. <laughs> I know. All week, I've been, all week I've been singing Whitney Houston. <laughs> uh, yes. It, it, yeah. There, there's really just so few other better car jam songs to jam to then i want to dance with somebody or if you're feeling more in a ballad mood run to you oh gosh gets me every time you know you know what this means it means you got to start with the bodyguard which which one was the bodyguard to you okay we'll start with the bodyguard the bodyguard was my good pick your the bodyguard was your good pick <laughs> wow oh ouch guys the bodyguard is an amazing movie uh- Wait, hold on, hold on. The bodyguard was your good pick. Yes. Oh my gosh, that that okay. I'm, There's I'm no totally misspeaking thrown. going on, right? Like you, you say that one more time. <laughs> no, you guys. I'm lucid. I am in my right mind, and the bodyguard is my good choice. I love the bodyguard. It's wow. a fantastic movie. I like it too. Okay, well, I do let, like let's, it. Let's hear it. Let's hear, let's hear it, Kelly. Okay. Well, <clears throat> here's one synopsis. The bodyguard. What's that, Charles? I say give a synopsis, please. Okay. Um, so a synopsis is that uh, Whitney Houston, a.k.a. Rachel Marin, is uh, she's won many Oscars and she is a music superstar and she is, as I said before, a bit of a diva. Um, she has a heart of gold, but it's cheapened by her spoiled exterior. So she is being stalked. She's... Um, She's she's not really 100% sure whether she wants to take it seriously or not, but she is. She's she's had several incidents, and she's being sent death threats. Um, and so things get kind of out of hand, and her agent suggests that she hire a bodyguard to protect her. And so 
enter Kevin Costner, who is <laughs> professional bodyguard to the stars, let's say. And he used to be on presidential detail, but then now he mostly just does like CEOs and stuff. So anyway, he's more of a no-nonsense demeanor. And they, of course, clash in the beginning because he sort of looks down on Whitney Houston because he thinks that she's not taking her safety seriously. And of course she's not. And so they have this bantery relationship. But then um, he saves her from one thing or another and they sort of get closer and get to have more of a mutual understanding of each other's ways. And then they become lovers, of course, as you knew they would. And um, yeah, so then things get kind of dicey after that. There's definitely a thriller element to this movie as well as being a romantic movie. Um, yeah, that, I guess that's where I'll leave it. I, re- I like this movie okay. a lot too. I, I like, I really do like Kevin Costner. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, and this is just him kind of in one of the roles that he's really good at, you know? And, uh, I, I guess my only real problem with this movie is I don't, I don't really, their love story seemed kind of cheesy and weird to me. Um, you know, the kiss at the end and the, uh, you know, when she's getting on the airplane or whatever, mm-hmm. but but I do like the movie a lot. I think I think it is. I think it really works well as a thriller. It's pretty good. Yeah, see, that's what I like about it too. And I, I can see what you mean about the the slight oddness of their relationship, but um aside from that, I think I think the movie carries itself off in a pretty convincing way. I mean I can't well, think I, of I hadn't watched it for years and this was the first time I I rewatched it for this podcast and I, it held it held up really, really well. It doesn't even seem that dated of a movie, considering, you know, it's '90s pop music. But again, these songs are oh, so good, and and Whitney Houston's really good in it, actually. Yes, yeah, she, she is. I mean, that's that is one of the big contributing factors for why I picked this. I mean, there's obviously, you can think of like a bajillion movies where actresses are trying to, you know, be double threats and and or singers, I'm sorry, are trying to be double threats and be actresses, but. It, it usually comes off sort of cheesy or silly. And I think Whitney Houston, I mean, she, she can kind of tug on your heartstrings as well as, of course, lending an amazing soundtrack to the movie, like we were saying before. But I just, I think it, I think it's a pretty solid movie. I mean, the, the music is great. Kevin Costner's great. The acting, it doesn't really feel that contrived. I mean, it's, I mean, I honestly can't think of that many other movies that are considered quote unquote romantic movies that are also thrillers i mean I, this isn't you know it's not going to be categorized as a thriller but but do you know what i mean though i can't think of another movie off the top of my head that that combines those two elements successfully and i feel like this one does uh i'm gonna be odd man out <laughs> oh that's okay because i crapped all over your parade I mean, last time i mean yeah i've been quiet and letting you guys uh, talk it out and uh you know have a little you know wallow in in the goodness of the bodyguard but here here now i'm gonna okay let us have talk it to you about okay so <clears throat> i'm looking at the well i was looking at you know it's it's a female lead role uh, or female singer in a lead role and so i'm really looking at the performance of the the lead actress which whitney houston i think did a really good job in it i don't doubt her she was really good in waiting to excel too i'm not sure if you remember that yeah yeah like, I yeah. think that she was a, a good actress and she could have kept up uh, with her actress if her personal life hadn't gotten in the way. But um, my problem with The Bodyguard is that it's about a singer who is a very famous pop singer 
who uh, wants to get into uh, that gets into acting, and in her first role, she's nominated for the Academy Award. And spoiler alert, wins the Academy Award for Best Lead Actress. It's kind of like Whitney Houston going, "Hey, everybody, yeah. I'm an actress now." I definitely agree with you on Go that. That's kind of that is a little bit like, uh, yeah. But again. Was this part written for her? I mean, would, that would have been the case of anybody no, that played it. That's actually a very that's a very good point because uh, I did some research on the Bodyguard, and actually, the script was first in development in the um, early seventies, cast for Diana Ross and Steve oh. McQueen. That would have been cool too. Yeah, it would have been. But it was too it was too um, risky. I guess, you know, having an intera- uh, interracial um, relationship there uh-huh. that uh, they never could get it off the ground. And so they had to do some updating on it. You know, she really didn't have to change her her part at all. But, um, for instance, Kevin Costner noticed they talk about Reagan a lot. It was supposed to be Kennedy, you know. Well, we're, oh. you weren't there when Kennedy was shot, you know. So uh, also I, I read this, too, that uh, Kevin Costner played the part as Steve McQueen would. He basically channeled Steve McQueen. I did hear that. Like, he even cut his hair kind of similar, right? Exactly. Even to the haircut. The haircut is just like Steve McQueen. That is really interesting. You know, now that you bring that up, I would have liked to see that version of The Bodyguard. Yeah, it would have been good. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you already picked this as your good one, so can you imagine how mind-blowing that one would have been for you, Kelly? (laughs) Yeah, you know, right? This is a little bit of a tangent, but um, I promise I won't keep it short but have you guys speaking of diana ross have you guys seen the movie lady sings the blues Mm-mm, no no that's another good one and i almost picked that one and i think it was made in the 70s um and it's diana ross uh playing billy holiday and it's a biopic it's the story of billy holiday's life but anyway oh, wow. check it out it's well, really good have you, have you seen uh cadillac records kelly uh is that the one with beyonce or yeah beyonce plays Etta james in it now it's not a lead role so I don't think it could account for what your category here, but she's mm-hmm. really good in that movie, actually. Yeah, no, I have not seen that one. I've passed it in, uh, you know, Entertain Mart when I've been perusing the bargain DVDs. But um, I think it's kind of an underlooked or you know overlooked movie. People don't really know much about it, but I, I liked it. I did enjoy it. Um, you know, I I'm gonna go ahead and say though, I I, I think The Bodyguard's a great movie. I I don't know that I want to put it the best one. I don't I don't know because I'm thinking. You know, how can you have this category and not mention glitter? It's <laughs> first of all, that would never have been the good one, okay? But oh man, I was really torn. I I just came so close to putting glitter in. That's why. No, I I gotta say, yeah, I I had I had one in mind that I was thinking might have been in the uh, a, a contestant for the good pick, but uh, I I honestly haven't seen it, but. She won the uh, Academy Award for it. Would be Moonstruck, share in Moonstruck. Yeah, that's oh. another one. Moonstruck is really good, Kelly. What? Okay. No, you guys. You don't like Moonstruck? No. Snap I... out of it! What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Maybe I need to revisit it because I'm clearly in the minority on this. But yeah, I did not care for it. All right. Because well... unlike Rachel Marin, Whitney Houston was not nominated. Nor won the Academy Award for this one. Oh snap! Just saying. Okay, well let us let us go to the bad one. My bad pick is, of course, Crossroads. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, uh. 
I guess I'll give. Okay, a, g- g- give a synopsis, yeah, real quick, before we <laughs> before we put it up on a plate and serve <laughs> okay. it. Um. Okay. So this this movie features Britney Spears, um, Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah, Zoe West... Saldana. Man, I did not see that coming. I know that came out of nowhere, right? I, people always forget, my, myself included. Or Dan Aykroyd. She... Wow, I, I it's crazy. I oh, and an p- interesting piece of trivia here. I think Jamie Lynn Spears, aka sister to Britney, played yes. young Britney in the movie. Is that is yes, that right? She did. That's right. Okay, hold on. Back to the synopsis. Hold on. We got off on tangents. Go oh, ahead. Okay, sorry, sorry. So Britney Spears. <laughs> is a high school senior, I guess, and uh, she's she's torn because she's spent her whole high school existence pleasing her dad, who's a single dad. Her mom ran off when they were, uh, you know, many moons ago. And so and she's, she's trying ahead her of best. her class. She's ahead of her class. She's going to be the valedictorian. Everything she does, she does um, because she wants to please him, make him happy. Uh, but she's not really doing what she is passionate about. Well, she's say. brilliant, and, and she's going to be a doctor. Of, of course, because... Yeah, she's the whole package. I mean, come on. So, uh, but really what she's passionate about, as you might have guessed, is singing. And she wants to go to college and pursue music, but her dad is like, no, not but, practical. But is that you even must... clear in the movie? Like, this is, when I was watching, I'm like, she seems really hesitant to sing every time, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. So, yeah. So, so Brittany is very upset about this and... Uh, she has these other two childhood friends, and they've kind of grown apart and become very different people. And one thing leads to another, and they decide to go on this road trip across the country together to California. So one of her other friends, incidentally not Brittany, who is the one who's an aspiring singer, uh, her other friend, who is pregnant, BT Dubs, uh, they, they're going to go to this... this uh, audition. Rec- audition, yeah, out in L.A. or somewhere. And so... They all go together. They That's get a ride. You're going to name the characters non-Britney 1, non-Britney 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the guy. Non-Britney. And the guy, yeah. So, oh yeah, P.S., there's a guy there too. He's along for the ride because he's driving them. And as uh, so they get into a, a whole slew of shenanigans and uh, find themselves along the way. Charles? Do you have anything oh, me? To, to, to chime in? Me? I, yes. was I, I can feel you over there, <laughs> vibrating with anticipation. This is a don't stop feeling that. And um, this is a terrible, 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 terrible movie. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. It's, I mean, it does none of it makes sense. Like I said, I don't even think she really wants to be a singer at first. She's just kind of like helping them out, and they they run out of money, and they go to a singing competition, and they win it, and they. They earn so much money that they can. They don't even have to count it. They can pay for the car to get fixed. They can pay for expensive hotels. They can do room service. And, yeah, exactly. It's an expensive hotel. They order all the room service. Yes. They get pop into the mini bar. I mean, girls, take it easy. You got more road trip to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. And then that's, that's not even talking about the whole side plot with the pregnant friend <laughs> who was raped by the Zoe Saldana's boy. I don't know, fiance. Yes. It's, it's like Ugh. they just kind of gloss over that. And then the friend loses the baby and they just gloss over that. They have one scene about it and then, oh, it's done. Okay, yeah. so let, let me let me say what I, I here's what I I feel like this movie is. I feel like this movie is a um, kind of like kind of like a lifetime movie or a, a movie that you would show your teenage daughter of like the, you know, here's what not to do or here's, you know, the horrors of the real world. 
disguised as a teeny bopper, teeny bopper movie. Yes. Because you got really heavy, heavy subject matter in there that doesn't, doesn't seem like it belongs in this type of movie. You got underage drinking, you got teen sex, you got date rape, you got a miscarriage, you got child abandonment issues. Um, and it's all about, you know, these... Uh, all produced by MTV again. Yeah, all produced by MTV. I know. Oh, my gosh. It, it... And let's sprinkle, in, let's sprinkle in some, you know, shots of Britney in the bikini singing. Right. Yeah, dance Oh, yeah, the, the, the sex scene with a very young Justin Long. Oh, that was, that was classic. That was, that was insanely awkward. Oh, I, I have to say, though, my favorite part was the karaoke scene when they get all dolled up because they're like we have to be sexy to win this and then and then the friend who is who they're going to the audition for the pregnant friend gets stage fright when they get up to sing i love rock and roll and she's like i can't do it britney it's your time to shine and britney's like no no i couldn't possibly well okay what and then she just lets out and, and oh gosh i i just lose it every time i can't i, I love the part on the piano when she's singing uh <laughs> I'm not a girl, not yet a woman for the first oh time. Gosh, the guy, yes. the guy wrote it for. It's really and she's just brilliant. like picking it up and nodding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got yeah. this. This is good. This is good. We're going to have a hit here. Oh, man. Okay. So let, let me let me point out that there, I counted them. There are seven, count them, seven sing along slash dance alongs in this entire movie. Yes. Where everybody, where they all, okay, let's. Let's start singing. Oh, turn on the radio. Oh, we're singing again. <laughs> I know, this I this love also that. has a great soundtrack, just like the bodyguard. <laughs> oh, and the best, the best, like character development moment in that same vein, Micah, is you know, the girls have been having these sing alongs the entire time, and there's all this sexual tension between the guy and all of them, and the guy's like, Ugh, oh, I'm surrounded by girls, you're in my car. No, I get to choose the music. And finally, at the end of the movie, he's like, okay, you guys win. And he bursts into sing along with them. Like, oh, God. Well, and he's like, and they all thought he was like a prisoner, like someone he'd murdered someone or something, but they still got in his car. And they get in the freaking car with him. <laughs> and he even points out so, the ludicrousness of that, of that logic. Yeah, he's like, wait, true. you guys thought this and you still came with me. Okay, speaking about speaking about ludicrous too. Let, let me go ahead and I had to I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard at this point and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget the, what exactly was said in the script. Okay. After spoiler alert, after uh, Brittany goes to Arizona, finds her mom Kim Cottrell, and her mom tells her that she was a mistake and everything. She goes through an emotional roller coaster with that. She's sitting out on the by the pool of her expensive hotel with her friends. And uh, she's, you know, just shell-shocked, and she says these words, I don't have a mother. And then her pregnant <laughs> friend holds her hand and says, but you have us. <laughs> yes. That's when, I, that's when I just had to stop it and go, what the hell is this movie about? <laughs> What's wrong you, with that line? That line is great, Micah. You, Micah, you hit the... You don't, need, you don't need a mother. You don't need maternal love. You have your friends that you haven't talked to in 10 years. Yeah, we just resumed our friendship we, hey, five minutes ago. Along. Hey, turn on the radio. Let's sing along. Yeah. Micah, you were so right when you said before that this is like a Lifetime movie. It It is every every crazy, taboo, ridiculous plot point that you can think of just all thrown into one big Britney stew. And yeah, 
It's terrible. Was it you, Micah, that said uh, that maybe he really was a murderer and he kept the body in the trunk? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. I would love to see the the fan theory that says that he actually was a murderer and then he killed Zoe Saldana's parents, <laughs> and they were like in his trunk. And when she tries to take the car, he freaks out because he doesn't want her to find the bodies. <laughs> That I, I would be interested to see that movie. And the whole the whole thing, he just he really was wanted, you know, the talent of these three girls so that he could go to LA, get a band together, and I love how he just says, Hey, I'm gonna put up a few flyers, get a band together. I know, and then he just does it in in, in like a day. And then he just pops in the hotel room a few scenes later and goes, Got the band together. It was that easy. <laughs> uh, they're just there, nothing about this makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to your next one then. Okay, well, as <laughs> as you have surmised, my ugly pick is The Way We Were from 1973. I can't believe this was your ugly pick. Oh, gosh. All right, you guys. So here's why it was my ugly pick. I have such... A complicated relationship with this movie i can't i just i whenever it's on i cannot look away i watch it every single time i've probably seen this movie 12 times but i i i it's so cringeworthy are you telling me that that you guys did not feel insanely awkward while you're watching this i mean no, there's, I, I, there's... Don't, I don't really like the movie I, I don't know if i would say it's bad i definitely wouldn't say it's good i i was actually expecting you to say it was good and i was gonna tell you nah but but i'm just I just, I don't, it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't really, it, it's so slow to me. I get that it's about an important subject to Hollywood, you know, being blacklisted and all that, but I just don't really like this movie that much. Let me say that I thought it was going to be your good pick because Barbara Streisand is really good in it. I, th- I think she is. I think she's really good in it. Uh, I I mean, you got Sidney Pollack, who, you know, was a legendary director. I think Robert Redford's not too bad in it. Um, and you know, it does deal with kind of a, a, a different take, but I have to agree with Charles too, that it's a very slow movie and it has a, the, the thing that kills me has a very long first act. And before I get into that, Kelly, go ahead and tell us the synopsis. Okay. Well, um, so basically the, this is a very politically charged movie, um, kind of fluffed up a little bit, but it's. It's Barbara Streisand who plays this um, curly-haired young communist named Katie, and she is... <laughs> you make it sound like that, <laughs> Like bright-eyed and spunky? Curly-haired young communist. <laughs> well, she kind of is in her own way. Well, I guess they do make way. a point of her straightening her hair, or, or what do they say? Iron, what do they call it? Ironing her Ironing. hair, yeah. Yeah. She the American way, yeah. <laughs> right? Become more waspish when any way you can. So, yeah, she is very, very passionate about her political beliefs. The the when the movie starts, they're in college. She and Robert Redford, and uh, she's not really. She doesn't have very many friends because she just she pushes people so hard, and she just can't talk about. She can hardly talk about anything besides what's happening in the political world. And the whole big conflict of the movie is that. Katie can't just let things go. She can't just be. She can't just take it easy, you know. She can't, you know, chill out with the rest of the college kids. But Robert Redford, that's that's what complicates their relationship so much. Because he's this very free and easy kind of guy. Like, Mr. Popular, I'm good at everything. And uh, 
everything comes really naturally to him. And so, and he's very well liked by all these people and he kind of just goes with the flow. Like he, he, um, is in the military and I, I think it's the Navy, I guess. And, um, yeah, he just, he just learns he's there in war times and he's learned to, you have to laugh about some things and Barbara Streisand just does not agree. She's like, no, what, these things are too important to laugh about. You just cannot laugh about them. And so she sort of drives him, they, they, you know, their relationship blossoms and falls apart and blossoms again as the movie goes on. But she is frustrated with him for not caring enough about things. And he's frustrated with her for caring too much about things. And they're basically just doomed from the start. It's to me, it's kind of the quintessential movie that proves love is not all you need sometimes because they legitimately care for each other, but they just can't, they just cannot coexist. They're too different. How long does it last? Like how, what's the time span on this movie? Uh, it starts in 1937, I think, and it never says exactly when it ends, but I want to say it ends like the end of the 50s, beginning of the 60s. Yeah, I think that I think they're supposed to be in their 40s in that final scene when they run into each other again. Yeah. So some something like that. I it's. Yeah, I. You know, they look so, exactly the same. Look, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Well, much. let me go back to what I was saying about the first act. Is that. The reason it felt so long is because it had such a long first act of them getting together and then, you know, uh, their relationship turning. I didn't I don't feel like the second act started until the um, what what was it called? The blacklisting. Is that right? Uh huh. The witch hunting started. That's when the second act really started, which doesn't happen until an hour. Or it's it's kind of for me, very similar to Prelude to a Kiss, where. You're watching and you're going, where is this going? Until finally 45 <laughs> did you say minutes it was about two hundred. Do you say it was like 240 minutes? How long did you say it was? <laughs> oh, Charles. 118. 118. I actually, like I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, in some ways I do. I, I can totally see, I can see why, why you feel that way. But um, I would argue that the movie is not so much a I mean, in a way it is, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, I feel like it, it is and it isn't about the political content. It is, that's an important backdrop, but I feel like more than anything else, the movie is about their relationship. There's really nothing... But they don't really have a relationship. I mean, it's just, it's just awkward, like you said. Well, that is true. I And speaking of that, I just have to say this. The scene... Well, okay, the, the beginning in general, like when... <clears throat> When she encounters him again in the bar and when they basically start their relationship a- after college has, has happened and they meet each other years later, um, oh my gosh. And she like lures him back to her apartment and everything that happens from that point on is just so awkward. Like he falls asleep for reasons unknown. He's like comatose. And so he just goes in her bed and takes all his clothes off and falls asleep there. Not really. He, I, I don't know if he's supposed to be drunk or just sea starved i don't know but he he gets in the bed and then she starts undressing and getting in the bed with him and, and he doesn't even he doesn't like know where he is or even realize that he's at her apartment and she gets I, oh my I, it's it's the kind of you i awkwardly and nervously laughed to myself even though i was watching it by myself like there's just no as a woman i take i know what you mean it's a very awkward moment in fact i'm looking at the imdb page right now and the fourth photo <laughs> <laughs> is Robert Redford asleep on top of yes. Barbra Streisand and, and her face is just she's <laughs> just looking up at the ceiling. It's like that. That's I know. 
that sums it up right there like where's this going I know. like why are you doing that you are crazy and, and then there's 20 more years to go <laughs> it's and then the, the next morning when she's ironing all his clothes and she's made him a continental breakfast and he's obviously super creeped out <laughs> and she and he finally runs out of there and she's like i like snoring it, it's just it's like oh my gosh barbara you're killing me. You can't, you just, I, oh, yeah, that, that'll okay, do. Okay, so, um, uh, okay, so yeah, we're wrapping up on this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to comment below. If you have another diva that you want to plug, please do so. Uh, next time around, yeah, we have Charles's pick. Charles, do you want to tell everybody what, uh, what we can expect? I do. You guys ready? Yeah. Well, we're ready. All right, so... My genre for next time is movies directed by Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Huh. Okay, so Mel Brooks, basically Mel Brooks directed movie. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want to know what they are? Yes, yes. please. All right. So uh, let's see. Let's go with uh, no particular order. Uh, History of the World Part 1. Okay. Life Stinks. And Young Frankenstein. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for listening again. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at Good Bad Podcast. Yep, no spaces, just Good Bad Podcast. No, yeah, uh, you can also listen on uh, It's Just Awesome.com, where we will be updating with uh, reviews of current and past movies. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to you hearing us next time. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.